1963, America lost its 35th president. It's perhaps one of the most well-known stories for the country, the John F. Kennedy assassination, the fall of a great president. Everyone who lived in 1963 remembers the suspicious aftermath and investigations that were filled with theories. And with stories still come out, coming out today about the assassination, it only begs the question of what really went on. In fall of 1963, President Kennedy was preparing for a re-election. He had yet to formally announce his candidacy, but close sources said he was confident that he would be re-elected. At the time, Texas was a vital swing state for the president. Democrats in the country were in a serious political feud and groups of extremists were only fueling the tensions for the country. Two politicians had already been attacked just a month prior to his attending. Many of the Secret Service did believe that it was too dangerous for the president to attend, but none of the information was passed on to the president and he still went. Crowds of people took to the street for a chance to glimpse and wave at their president. But it was when the infamous motorcade turned off Main Street onto the Dealey Plaza in Dallas at 12.30pm where and past the Texas School Depository that the first shots were fired. As the cheers turned to screams, three shots were fired at the president, the initial one missing, the second striking the president on the neck and Governor Colony in the back, wrist and thigh. The third was a fatal headshot which killed the president. As the cause sped to the nearest hospital, where the president was read his last rites before being pronounced dead at 1pm. The shooter was later identified as Lee Harvey Oswald, an employee at the depository. He was also shot dead the following day by an off-duty police officer named Jack Ruby, live on TV. With the FBI still withholding files from public viewing 50 years later, many people speculate if this is the whole story. Many people actually criticised the motorcade route for having too many twists and turns, causing the cars to slow down. When going to investigate the route, there was 20,000 windows, none of which were inspected just because the Secret Service didn't have the manpower. The first theory. Lee Harvey Oswald was the lone shooter. He'd actually tried to renounce his USA citizenship in 1959 and join the Soviet Union. Spending three years as a Marine Corps, he became qualified to use a rifle and was already under the local FBI surveillance at the time of the assassination. The Secret Service weren't informed of this, but they didn't inform the local FBI of the route for the motorcade. Probably would have caused it. Uh, bullets that were found in the depository room where Oswald allegedly shot the president and bullets that were found in the president and in Connolly matched that of a gun that Oswald legally owned and had with him at the time of being arrested. Oswald had also attempted to kill Major General Edwin Walker in April of that year. 45 minutes after JFK's assassination, he was also caught shooting a police officer with a revolver. Many do wonder if he acted alone. Many theorise that Ruby killed Oswald to keep him quiet, but there is no evidence to prove this. This brings us on to the magic bullet theory. As we all know, officially there was three bullets that were fired. The first missing, the second hitting JFK in the neck and hitting Connolly, and then the third one being fatal. But it's the second bullet which causes the magic bullet theory. The trajectory is believed to be that the bullet entered JFK's neck, entered Connolly in the right shoulder, and left through his right nipple, hitting his wrist and then his left thigh.
the bullet, when discovered, was actually almost undamaged. And many people don't believe the theory. When looking at a drawn-out diagram of the trajectory, it means that the bullet would have bent downwards, gone across, gone upwards, all sorts of silly angles which you wouldn't normally see when a bullet was fired from a sixth floor of a building downwards. You'd normally expect a curve shape. But many people do forget that JFK was on an elevated seat in the car, which meant that the trajectory might actually be plausible. There was only one video which shows JFK's assassination. It's blurry, it's pixelated, and there's not much of it actually in view. But when you look at the footage, there's not enough time for Lee Harvey Oswald to reload and fire the second and third time, making people believe that there was two shooters. Even government, Governor Connolly believed that there was two shooters, saying that him and Nellie believed that the first shot hit JFK in the neck and then a second hit him in the chest. There was a local spectator at the scene, James T. Taig, who claimed that the second bullet hit the sidewalk and a fragment of the bullet struck him on the cheek. And there was potential bullet marks found at the side, sidewalk which believed that they could have come from a lead core of a bullet. As Tide claims that this was the second bullet and not the first bullet that was believed to have missed, many believe that it could be a second shooter, or Tide just could have gotten confused in the aftermath. Only three cartridges were found at the depository, all of which matched Oswald's gun. Supposedly, there's footage from another angle where people can see the grassy banks where the most well-known one was filmed. Allegedly, there's gun smoke and lights which could be seen from a rifle being fired, but it's gone missing. The only copy is with the government. The granddaughter of the filmer, Cynthia Nix Jackson, sued the government for £10 million and return of the footage, which has never been seen by anyone outside. In the 70s, the House Select Committee on Assassinations was formed after the deaths of JFK and Martin Luther King. They've got the footage, and it's never been seen by the public. It was also formed after it was revealed that the CIA had withheld information, like plans to assassinate Fidel Castro. The committee eventually came to the conclusion that they believed that there was a conspiracy involved, and there was in fact two shooters. They did also claim that they weren't sure what the conspiracy was, but the events around JFK's death were suspicious. The second theory is Lyndon B. Johnson. Many believe that he planned the assassination as he had already attempted to take the Democratic nomination from JFK before he was elected. Lyndon B. Johnson, or LBJ, asked to continue being Texas Senate and still perform many of the duties, meaning that he was bored of just being Vice President in the White House. Many believe that he also had words with John F. Kennedy the day before the assassination. As being from Texas, Kennedy felt that LBJ should have handled the situation himself since it was his own state that was at unrest for political reasons. LBJ had also played a big part in the trip to Texas because of this. He was the one who lost the political control of the state. A woman also came forward by the name of Madeline Brown, who claimed to have had an affair with LBJ, saying that the night before the assassination she'd attended a party with him and he whispered in her ear, after tomorrow those Kennedys will never embarrass me again. That's no threat, that's a promise. The exchange was dismissed as LBJ was under close surveillance in Texas since the political situation 
and there was no record of him attending any party. A third out of the four theories, and possibly the most famous, involves the Umbrella Man, a figure mysteriously seen holding a black umbrella on the sunny day of Kennedy's assassination. Many people speculate that the Umbrella Man had shot a poisonous dart into Kennedy's neck, immobilising him and paralysing him for Oswald to take the fatal kill. Fifteen years after the assassination, the Umbrella Man was revealed to be a Louis Stephen Witt, and he told the House committee that he brought the umbrella to heckle, not murder the president. He was asked if it contained any gun or weapon, and he was said no. He wasn't even aware of the conspiracy over the umbrella until years later on. It was a bad joke aimed at Kennedy's father that had monumentally backfired. Black umbrellas were a trademark of Nazi-appeasing British Prime Minister Neville Chamberlain, whom Joseph Kennedy had actually supported. A short documentary was made about the Umbrella Man, which explored how it could be innocuous and sinister. There's many other theories around President's assassination, but my personal favourite is the one that involves the in previously unreleased files that relate to Oswald's six-day trip to Mexico City just two months before the assassination. Many believe that Oswald had went there to receive orders from Cuban or Soviet agents to kill the president. He'd actually moved to the Soviet Union in 1959 when he tried to renounce his USA citizenship. He'd spent two years there before... In September of 1963, he went to Mexico, trying to visit both Cuban and Soviet embassies so he could try and return to either one of the communist countries. In the Soviet embassy, he spoke to a Soviet official, whom Oswald had purposely contacted. He was not only a KGB officer, but was also believed to have worked for the KGB's Department 13, which the CIA report described as a department charged with sabotage. Former New York Times reporter Philip Shannon always said that the Mexico City trip was a hidden chapter of assassination. A lot of histories gloss right past that point of the story to make space for LBJ as president. The CIA and FBI investigated all of the theories involving the Cubans and the Soviets, but found nothing. There is another conspiracy theory attached to this, saying that Oswald moved to the Soviet Union, the KGB trained a lookalike who assumed his identity and eventually killed Kennedy. The man behind the theory even convinced Oswald's widow to allow him to unearth the corpse for examination. But eventually it came out and it was confirmed that Lee Harvey Oswald was buried in Rose Hill Cemetery under his grave name. If you look deep enough on the internet, there's many more theories, some more ludicrous than the other, involving JFK. We might never know what actually happened. We only have the story that's been laid out to us by the police and the FBI. The only thing that we can do is wait for all the files to be publicly released for us to read. Then it might be easier for us to come to some sort of conclusion. For now, this story is just a mystery to us. Hopefully, we'll find it and make it a bit clearer one day. This was Phantom Theories, and if you want to read our research notes, please look at our WordPress or follow us on our Twitter for recent.